and it's called the small print. Simon. Yeah, I talked about this a little bit before. Yeah, some of you guys to think about this. The small print side effects. So when you get like a medication, uh, say you have anxiety, and they prescribe a medication for you. There's a million medications out there that I feel like for anxiety right now. That's a very popular thing. Some are good, some are bad. Um, and so, well, anxiety, anxiety is just a very popular thing. It's, it's growing in rate right now. It's just not good in society. So because the anxiety rates are growing, anxiety medication is also on the rise as well. Um, and so there's a ton of anxiety medication out there. So if you go to your doctor, you say, I have an uncontrollable anxiety. I need some medication. And they, they decide that's the best route for you. I can go to therapy and things like that. Then they might, they'll, they'll subscribe you a certain type of anxiety medication. Prescribed, yes. On the, on, the, on the medication bottle or jar, it's probably going to say, hey, promotes calm and promotes relaxation, promotes focus, something like that. Or if you watch a commercial about that medication, they're going to talk about how, you know, it makes you feel a lot more chill and relaxed. I'm back to my old self again, things like that. But then when you get that medication bottle, there's going to be a ton of little tiny little print all down the bottle. And most of that little tiny print is like, Cause explosive diarrhea, vomiting, you know, all those kind of things for you. A heart attack, dead, seizures, strokes. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, a lot of them said it was like, it can cause sudden death. And, and so, um, the medication itself, if these things are going to happen, then that's way worse than your anxiety. And it's actually going to be worse if you take this medication because it may help the anxiety, but then all of a sudden, if you're Blowing your pants out every day is not going to be worth it, you know, in the, in the long run. I thought you'd cost more anxiety anyway. Is it worth it? Uh, is it worth it? <laughs> and so, you have a twisted diarrhea. Yeah, personal like story here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you have to read the small print. Um, now, there are some medications, though, that, you know, the side effects maybe aren't really bad or don't really have side effects and they work well. But you have to always read the side effects. And the same thing is true. In our, in our life today, so I want to kind of you guys to focus on. When you get approached with a temptation, like, hey, you know, come on, come on, go to this party, or go do this, or go do this, and you feel in your spirit that it might not be the best thing to do that, you have to think about it. Okay, if I go do this, it may be fun in the moment, it may be enjoyable, it may bring me a temporary kind of satisfaction, but if I really look into that and think about all the side effects that could happen because of causing me doing this, then I'm going to realize that it's not really worth it again. Because that one moment of joy, that one moment of, well not joy, that one moment of happiness or gratification is going to lead to a lifelong of regret, it's not worth it. Uh, and a very common one, especially for you guys' generation, is sexual morality. You know, it's kind of, it might feel good in the moment, maybe good, and uh, that you think in your mind uh, for, that, for that time, but then as soon as you leave, uh, and the next day comes around, you're going to feel regret. A lot of bad side effects can happen. And it's something you can't take back. And so it's something you have to live with now. And, and, that's, and that's not necessarily a, a positive thing at all. Yes. All right. Sorry. You said that, and it reminded me
And then they had a rush to do the front seat, and they sped away. But Emma said she goes by other characters. And she doesn't say Brandy's name, but she goes back on. She said she knew the girl. And then she thought it was her boyfriend from, like, Things like that. 
success, thinking my life's pointless, I can't find happiness, I can't find fulfillment. And that's partly why youth status or youth anxiety rates are skyrocketing right now. It's because a lot of youth and even adults are involved in these sins and they think they're going to eventually find long-lasting joy and fulfillment from these lifestyles and these sins, and they never do. And so they have massive anxiety rates, massive depression rates, and things like that that come with it. What do you guys think about this? When you're outside of God's design, it will lead to destruction in the end. It may not happen right away, but eventually that high feeling that you get is going to wear off. And you'll be broken physically, mentally, spiritually, or all of the above. And so I want to encourage you guys something tonight, though. If you want to follow the way of the Word instead, how do you do that? What is the way of the Word? So the way of the Word is, is, can be summed up like this. I want to make sure I put it correctly here. Oh, God was teaching me. It's all about Christ. It's all about Christ. And being filled with the Holy Spirit. So, compared to the way of the world, the way of the world is all about self-promotion. The way of the Word, you know, the way of the Bible... It's about Christ. It's not about you. It's not about living for yourself and your glory and your satisfaction. It's about living for His glory and His praise and His honor. And, and instant gratification is the way of the world. The way that God's Word teaches us is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Which being, if, you're being, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it leads to lasting fulfillment. Or you could say, joy. And this is what, unfortunately, the world doesn't teach enough. And this is the, this kind of lifestyle is being hammered down because of all the people in the world right now, the leadership and on TV and on music, on radio and some of the music leaders and some of our celebrities that are involved in this kind of worldly lifestyle. You know, they're hammering down the lifestyle here. But in reality, their lifestyle is even more anxiety, depression, and things like that. Or this is the this is the way that leads to life. It always has been, and this is the one we should still be promoting and choosing today, and, and also be teaching in churches. I want to, I want to show you guys a fact that's going to blow your minds here today. This is again a survey that was done very recently uh, in the last year or two, and they did a survey of. A lot of people in the USA, okay, will say that it's, I, I forgot the number, but I didn't really look into that, it's probably like 5,000 people, okay, so not like a billion, but 5,000 people. And so, they did a survey of 5,000 different people in the US, and 36% of people that claim to be actively religious, they were practicing their religion on a regular basis, whether it was going to church, doing mission work, whatever it may look like, claim to be, 36% of them claim to be very happy with their lives. Still a low number, but 36% of them claim to be very happy. Uh, I think the number would be much higher if all those religious people were Christians, because not every religion is honestly Christian, so you have to come back into effect. 
And I also people that claim to be very religious, some of them aren't very religious as well, they just claim to be. Um, so take that in with a grain of salt, but 36%. Now think about this. People that claim to be inactively religious or unaffiliated, meaning they don't go to church at all, they don't claim to be any kind of religion, you know, they're agnostic or atheist, only 25 to 26% of all of those people claim to be very happy in their life. It was an 11% decrease in happiness than somebody that compared to be very religious. But you guys think about that, 11% drop in happiness level. So again, the way this world promotes here, that this is going to be the lifestyle that gives you this happiness and fulfillment, you know, biblically it's, that says it's wrong, but also statistically. Even the people themselves that are in those lifestyles say that after a while they realize this is not true. And so if you want to live the way the world, the Word teaches us, God's Word, I want to encourage you with something here tonight as we close. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now money can be interchanged there with anything you desire more than God on the same level, but you can't desire to live like the world does and desire to be a Christian. You have to desire one or the other. You can't be, they can't be competing. You know, God doesn't want to compete for your love. He wants either all your love, or you might as well just not be involved in it at all. Because if you're on the fence, you're, you're still basically not in. So God is saying that to be a true Christian, to be a true follower of Jesus, you have to be all in. To say that I'm going to put Christ above everything, I'm going to live for Him, and I'm not going to, you know, promote myself and my glory and things instantly gratify me. I'm going to live for his approval and his praise and how his word teaches me. And to do that requires a really, really big word here. And it's, it's called, now catch this, guys, it's called repentance. Okay. Um, okay, so the word the word repentance, though, is used all the time in church, um, but it, sometimes it's not really well understood. So God's word teaches us that if you want to live filled with the Holy Spirit, and you want to live according to how um, his design is, you have to repent of the way you were living in the world. Repentance, back in the biblical terms, means a few things here. It means that number one, if you want to recruit or repent of something, you have to recognize the way you're living is wrong. Um, um, so you have to recognize the way the way that you're living. I know it's wrong. I, I just leave it. Um, the way you have to recognize the way in which you're uh, you're living is wrong. You have to admit that, okay, the way that I am living right now is promoting myself, is gratifying me instantly, but it's not something that's going to last for eternity. So after you recognize that, you have to... <clears throat> desire to live differently. To live for God. And here's the most important thing about repentance, guys, as well. You can wait. Uh, the most important thing is this, listen, is you have to actively 
begin to make changes. So I want you guys to think about your lives today. All of you are in different places. All of you have different friends. All of you grow up, go up in different places. You have different pasts, different histories, different families. And you have different struggles and temptations. You know, something I may struggle with or have a hard time with, you know, parents may look at that and say, well, that's stupid. It's easy to not do that. You know, something that Ryan struggled with, and, uh, you know, Victoria may say, well, that's stupid. Like, how do you struggle with that? But everybody has different temptations, okay? So what you're going through, what you're struggling with, may be something different. And that's okay because we're all built differently. And Satan's going to attack what you're weak in. And what he knows you're weak in. But if you want to repent of the way you're living in the world and start living more in the way of the Word, in God's Word, you have to recognize the sins that you're doing, the things that are self-promoting, isn't gratifying. You have to desire to change those things, give that to God, pray forgiveness. But then here's the important part that will leave out about repentance. You have to begin making changes to move into this lifestyle. If you just say, hey, God, I know I'm going the wrong way. Please forgive me. I'm going to live better. And then do nothing whatsoever to live better. You're not truly repentant. A true person of repentance means that I know I'm living wrong. I'm going to ask God and the Holy Spirit to help me live in the right way and teach me and guide me in the right way. And as they're doing that, I'm going to make changes in my lifestyle, whether it's changes in my friend group, whether it's changes at school, whether it's changes at home, whether it's changes in things I'm involved in, the way I speak to people, the way I talk to people. I'm going to change the way I live so I can begin living like this again. Um, yes. Can you tell me that? A little bit. Okay. Um, we're almost done now. And so what you guys think about this, the way of the word can also be summed up as living for God and um, loving your neighbor. What do you guys think about this? Loving God and loving your neighbor. I want you guys to listen to this verse in Matthew 22, uh, 34 through 40. It's really short, though. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that they had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked a question and tested him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments began all the law and all the prophets. And so, what does it mean to love God and love your neighbor? To be the kind of person that is a person that God loves and approves of? Loving God means you're actively seeking after Him. Again, it means you desire God, and you're making changes in your life to live in that direction. So again, we have to all ask ourselves this individually today. I want you guys to lead tonight to think about the way you act, the way you live, the things you're involved in, the people you're involved around. And think about, am I truly making changes in my life to live the life that God has called me to live? And if not, what changes do I need to start making? Again, it can be different for every person. We all struggle with different things. And then, it also means that God is a true desire of your heart. It's not just something you say. You don't just say you love God. You actually truly desire to love Him and to put Him first. And loving God is also obeying His commands. You, should, you guys, honestly, if you do something wrong and you hurt somebody, you should feel bad about that. Okay, if I go to, to Victoria and tell her something horrible about herself and like, that I just can't 
saying the way she acts, whatever, I don't know, whatever it is. You know, if I, if I did something stupid like that, you know, I should feel bad about it afterwards. I should, I should leave and be like, man, that was really messed up. Like, I really hurt Victoria, and I should apologize to her. If you can, if you can curse somebody out, if you can say mean things to people and have no regret whatsoever about it, then your heart's in the wrong place. Uh, well, so sometimes people do deserve to be told that they're wrong or they, they deserve to be told something. But the way you tell somebody that is a big difference. And just because somebody deserves to be told, and just, just because somebody, listen, just because somebody deserves to be, you know, whatever you want to say, cursed out at, say mean things to you, doesn't mean we should do that to them. Because honestly, all of us have made horrible decisions in our lives. And God, you know, we deserve to have nothing, no part of God whatsoever. We deserve to be, be cast out to hell. But yet God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. So all you may think somebody deserves to be cursed out at or, you know, uh, punched in the face or saying something or doing something. That's not the way God teaches us to love people. He teaches us to rise above how the world would teach that, how, how the instant gratification of cursing that person out fills, and instead show them the Holy Spirit, show them God's love. And that can actually change the way they act over time. Um, it says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And then in John 14, 21, it says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And then 2 John 1, 6 says, and this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. Now, all of these things about loving God means following his commandments is in, a lot of this is in John. What's interesting about John is John is considering the Bible the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so John is considered, you'll see that in, 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 in the chapter in the uh, book of John, that John is considered the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so if, if John is somebody that Jesus truly loves and says, hey, this is the kind of person I want you to be on earth, then if he's telling us to be the kind of person that Jesus loved and he wants you to be on earth, it means follow his commands, we should probably listen to that. Also, it's in God's work, so that's another reason. And to follow God's commands is not easy. It's not like, okay, guys, go out there and follow the Bible. It's hard. Because, again, the world's not going to do that. And the world's going to tell you to do the total opposite of that. But if you can choose to withdraw from doing this and choose the hard route, the path that's narrow, and follow Christ and respond in ways that God approves of, respond in ways that the world would not respond in, to respond to somebody's anger or frustration or mean words with love and with grace, forgiveness and with hope and, and truth, you'll lead the way that leads to lasting fulfillment and joy. Not only in that person's life, but in your life. You'll lead to a way that, that promises life and fulfillment. Um, loving others means showing kindness and respect to people, even those you disagree with. This is difficult. This is especially true of those in authority over you, whether it's your teachers, your parents, whether it's law enforcement. It says in Romans 13, 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So in God's word, in the New Testament, he tells us if somebody's in authority over you, even if you disagree with them, you're still supposed to respect them. Now, if somebody's telling you to do something sinful, that's your parent or your guardian, obviously that's different. You shouldn't do that because, again, if you're loving God, 
You're going to put his commandments above anything. You're going to put him above anything. But if your parents aren't telling you to do something sinful, and they tell you to go pick up your room, or they tell you, hey, you can't go to that party, there's nothing sinful about that. You may not like it. You may be upset because you want to go to that party. You want to go on a date with that person. You may like to do that action. They're telling you not to do it. But your parents are looking out for your best interest. Your guardians are looking out for your best interest. Same thing with your pastors, your teachers, you know, people in, in, in law enforcement. Most people in authority, um, especially in church, care about you and they want to see you succeed. And they know that if you go down this path, it's going to lead to harm and destruction because they probably went down that path themselves at one point in their life. Or they've seen others go down that same path. I know there's a whole lot of mistakes I've made in my life that when Aunt Lee gets older, and you know, I'll tell her, hey, you know, this is not the way you want to go. It's not because I'm trying to hold you back from having this instant gratification. It's because I'm trying to hold you back from having all the regrets that I now live with. I'm trying to hold you back from having all the, you know, the shame and stuff that I deal with because of things I've done in the past that I wish I wouldn't have. Because I realized it didn't lead to fulfillment. And only the way that, that is true in Christ leads to life and fulfillment. And so I encourage you guys, show respect to them. Show them kindness. You don't agree with them in the moment. Because you're going to look back on that in probably three or four years and say, you know what, I'm glad that they said that to me. I'm glad I listened to them because they actually saved me from a lot of harm and, and hurt. I'll tell you a story that will close. <clears throat> when I was in high school, I was um, dating this girl, and she was a really not great person as far as, like, back then, I don't know, she may be a great person now, but back then, and the lifestyle she was living was very much instant gratification, self-promotion kind of thing, and, and it was, she was not a good person to be with. Well, she was one of my first kind of serious girlfriends, and I was... I was young, I was in ninth grade, and so I thought, yeah, I was in ninth grade, so listen, so I thought, hey, this is, hey, sh- listen, hey, well, I thought this is great, you know, this person likes me, uh, you know, uh, I thought I had somebody who thinks I'm attractive, you know, because back, I was kind of a nerdy kid in middle school, and so I thought, hey, this is great, and so I continued to stay in that relationship, and my parents basically forced us to break up, and I still tried to stay with us for a little bit, and then they basically kind of put an end to that relationship. And I was upset and I was mad. And I was kind of hurt by that because I thought, man, this is this is great for me. This is the relationship. Somebody likes me. Somebody thinks I'm attractive. Why are my parents holding me back from this? You know, why do they not love me? Why do they not care for me? But the things I was involved in that short time I was in that relationship, I look back on now and say, dang, that was a really bad decision. And had I stayed in that relationship longer, I would have made a lot of horrible, horrible decisions with that person. And I probably would be the person that I am today. And so I look back on that and say, you know, in the moment I was upset with my parents, but looking back on it now as I'm an adult, they were right. And the fact that they were willing to do that, it was not because they didn't like me, it was because they loved me and they wanted to see me go down the right path. Yeah. What were you involved in? It was a very, like, sexual relationship. It was not good. Um, and, and so, we're going to go into details. Like, that, without that understanding, that was... That was obviously not a, um, not a good relationship. Um, so I want, guys, I want you guys to say, look, I'm going to close here before we pray. I want you guys to think about this. Which way are you walking right now? Are you walking in the way of the world, or are you walking in the way of the Word? Um, because there's only two ways. If you're somewhere in between, you're probably walking in the way of the world. And if you are walking that way, what kind of changes can you make starting tonight? 
And most importantly, the first one is getting your heart right with God. And then what kind of changes can you make to start living the way of the Word once again and shining the light for Christ in all you do? Let me pray for us here and we'll, we'll, we'll close and have some conversation. Bill, thank you so much just for showing us that your way is better than ours. Your, your thoughts and your desires are higher than ours. And God, even though we think that the way, a certain way is right, if you're telling us it's wrong, we've got to listen to you, God. We've got to pause, submit to you, and obey you, God, knowing that your ways are better than ours. And if we follow you, that way is the only one that leads to life, true fulfillment, and joy, not the way of the world. So God, I ask that we see that in our own lives, we reflect on our own lives, and if there's anything that we're doing or involved in that does not honor you and pulls us away from living a life how you called us to, I ask that we let that go tonight, make changes and steps in our life to move away from those things and move toward you, God. And then we pray. Amen. I'm going to pause the video here.